Okay, so here we are uh, for one of our live. Yeah, after a bit of a long break. I blame Marcus. Marcus's schedule has been too busy, but here we are. We are back. This is the Total BS podcast. And once again, we are live on location in an unnamed pub in the Cavalier area. We're in space. Yeah, we do, we are. And we're joined again by our guest, who is... Lewis Holiday. Thank you, because I forgot what your name was. Um, <laughs> oh, God. I'll see myself out. You will. Anyway, and we're in a bit of a unique situation because usually there are some, there are some podcasts that I say, right, let's record this. There are some podcasts that... But this time, Lewis said we should do a podcast. We should do a, we should do one of these because what was your gripe, Lewis? Got a bit Boredom. of an issue with the um, <laughs> yeah, got nothing better to do. Um, <laughs> you're for team of the season, just isn't right. Team of the century. Team century. Yeah, yeah. Season century, it's all the same thing. Um, just it, it's not right. It's not correct. Okay, so basically the uh, backlog. Should we run down the team of the century first? Yes, let's. Do you have the team of the century to hand? No. Well, right. why don't you Google head. it whilst I remember? Go on then. Yeah, but basically, yeah, I'll just give the backlog to the story. Basically, UEFA released their team of the century, but it was based on statistics. It was the players who had been in the UEFA team of the year. Every year, every season, they do it. So the best players to have played in the Champions League of that season. And basically, the people, the players who have appeared the most in those things get got called in the team of the century over the past 17 years yeah basically basically since the Y2K I've got the team here if you want it thank you okay so I'll just run through it it's Ike Casillas in goal Marcus this thing's taking too long you take it right okay so you've got Philip Lahm at left back uh, centre halves of uh, Carlos Puyol yeah Sheron Piquet uh, right back you have Sergio Ramos yeah. Uh, midfield three of Steven Gerrard, Javi and Iniesta. Yeah. And then the front three of Thierry Henry, Lionel Messi, and Cristiano Ronaldo. Okay. So, main the whole reason we wanted to do this was Lewis had an issue with Steven Gerrard being in it. But it's since been sort of we since established it's done by stats. Yeah. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna put together our own UEFA team of the century. It's basically what we're gonna do. Yeah, because this one we 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 it's don't agree wrong. with it. Yeah, incorrect. Just, yeah, there's just so many things wrong with it. So what we're going to do, um, Lewis? Since you wanted to start this off, what formation are we going to play? Um, it, it's tough, really, because over the last 17 years, you want to pick something that sort of fits in with the dynamic. And the number 10s might become more prominent this side. Yeah, the yeah. Maybe even even wing backs, you could argue. But at the same <laughs> at time, you want to include two strikers, don't you? That, that sort of the, the go-to for any. At least two strikers. The thing is, yeah, strikers so we, can be so, so dynamic and very So should we different. have a four-four-one-one with the two-one sort of <laughs> rotating? What about a four-three-one-two? Four-three-one-two. I could, I could go for that. Four defenders, three midfielders, a number ten, and two, two strikers. Well, you strikers you know, a striker and a centre forward. Yeah. yeah okay. Well, that leaves Messi and Ronaldo out of the equation. Well, we got that's wide players. See, it's the whole thing. And then you put. You should have thought this through before you press. But then you put Messi Ronaldo up top, and then you take any strikers out of it. So yeah, those strikers could also sort of. Why don't we stick with four three three? Four three three, fine. So with the formation that UEFA went with. Yeah. Okay. Fine. Okay. Because you can make a number ten out of those. You can. Midfield three. It's just got to be three midfielders. Yeah. Doesn't matter if they're attacking, defensive. Yeah. Okay. Can be three attacking. So basically, we'll go with majority rules for those positions. Okay, um, I'll put my nomination. Best goalkeeper since 2000, it's Gianluigi Buffon. It's Gianluigi Buffon. Won it. World Cup, done that. 
Yep. Oh yeah, we should. We're basically we're not counting UEFA, so just 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 Champions League achievement. We're counting best players to have played in Europe since the Y two K. Yeah. So individual, if you want to count individual awards, if you want to count stat, whatever, just best players. So Buffon and goal. Buffon and goal. Yeah, Buffon. Okay. I don't think it comes down to winning it at the end of the day. You know, it's just best performance. You can't win it on your own. Yeah, especially a goalkeeper. Because no. what was it? It's just the statue of Gigi Buffon in the game as a whole. Yeah, like he's a world-renowned goalkeeper figure. Yeah, as I've said, he's the best. As I say, the best goalkeeper to have ever played. Did he join them? Two thousand one was it? Or yeah, from Parma. So yeah. sixteen years at the same team at the same level. Consistently. Consistent. Yeah. By one year, but <laughs> yeah. Well. That's but that wasn't his fault. No, no. Okay. it might have been his fault. We don't know who was in on that. Yeah, okay. yeah. Them not, instantly not being a welcome next year. Well done for not getting caught. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so right. Okay, right back. I'm going to put one out for Cafu, who was a great, who was a part of that great AC Milan side. They got, well, to, got to the got to three finals. Danny Alves. 2003, 2005, 2007. One, two of them. I'm going for Cafu. Danny Alves is a good shout, to be fair. It is a good shout. Yeah. Part of a unit. Yeah. Like, you could put that, there's argument you could put that whole Barcelona team as it is. In what, the team of 2011? Just in. Or the one, the team that won seven trophies. Yeah. That, just that Pep team. Yeah. That, yeah, that, was it three years of just just dominance you know, pure dominance doing everything yeah I mean you could but that would defeat the object <laughs> and we'd be done in five minutes um, anyway Cafu I'm going to have to side with Lewis and go with Alves okay for just for the phones pure, off please Lewis okay for the pure athleticism and just like contribution down to that right wing yeah uh, and, and even when he, after he left and the fact that his shot is so powerful, it broke Wozniak Chesney's finger. Yeah, I, I, I've got to respect that. I'm sure okay. you remember that more yeah. than me, of all of us. Yeah, no. I'm and Manuel Almunia having to go and go. Yeah. That was fun. Okay, centre backs. Okay. I know that he's only really played for his famous. I'll go first centre back. Is Nemanja Vidic, the best centre back in Europe. For, for years and yep. carried that Manchester Ca- United team carried Rio Ferdinand carried Rio Ferdinand yeah just fact yeah I'm going to have to have Vidic in there I can agree with Vidic okay. it's going other on side. quicker than I thought <laughs> other yeah, side of subjects will be yeah. fine yeah. other side of him possibly part of that Milan defence Amsterdam Nesta Maldini to be fair I was going to actually stick with the uh, I'm going I'm going PK in the set in that set I was going to go Ramos. Okay, so okay, so so this is the first debate that yeah. we have. I just Gerard Piquet because he's the all-round central defender. I know this is what John Stones wishes he could be, someone who's just as comfortable playing balls along, playing balls along the floor, but also if you need to get physical, Gerard Piquet could do that in abundance. As uh, I I draw a lot of parallels between Gerard Piquet and Sergio Ramos. Yeah, but you, more, more or less the same people. Yeah, the thing, the like, the thing I like about Sergio Ramos is he's a, he's a little more rad. He's a bit more of a bastard. Yeah, and you need yeah, that in game yeah, sometimes as well. Well, hang on, but if you well, you need a bit of a shit house. If you got that, you've got Nemanja Vidic, so you don't need Ramos's shit You have Nemanja Vidic. Yeah, but 
Nemanja Vidic wasn't a shit. He wasn't a shit house type. He was just vicious. Yeah. Like he wasn't sly with his little kicks and digs. He was very much in your face. He was like the central defense equivalent of Roy Keane. Yeah. He was the new age upstart. Did not give a shit. Yeah. Whereas Sergio Ramos would kick Messi whilst he was on the floor. He would pinch people. He would wind them up. He would whisper shit in their ear. He would get regularly sent off in the. Uh, but isn't that that sort of personality sort of thing rather than yeah, playing think, ability? Yeah, but I think you need that on the pitch as well. I think that's just as important as well as having the ability. It's having the right character alongside <laughs> in that back line. In this eleven, would you have Ramos as your captain, or is your captain yet to come? It depends who else is in the eleven first, but okay. potentially, yeah. Considering he has captained Real Madrid. If he, does he captain them now? I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. After, yeah. after Casillas would have taken it for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Unle- he's the Unless now. you know who. And again. Unless you know who just says, no, this is my team. Fuck off. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> what I'd say about PK against Ramos is for me, having watched Ramos yeah. down the years, if anything, he's improved with ability. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I think PK's hit a peak. Maybe not declined, yeah. but. PK stayed cons- consistent enough to be part of a team that has uh, won back-to-back Champions League trophies, what which has I, not yeah. been done. And before. what I will say for Ramos, which has just come to me, which I will now concede mm. to having Ramos, big game performer, huge. Oh game my word! I've no, I've no idea how many goals PK yeah, has scored. I'm sure he. But Ramos, when, when you needed him, he would come up with it. Didn't he score? He scored. He scored the, the last-minute equaliser uh, in 2014. Didn't he score against Atletico Madrid in the Champions yeah, League? Sco- yeah, he scored. Yeah, that one. He scored them both. Yep. And I think in the one of the semis against Bayern Munich, scored in the last minute. I know he scored one. Yeah. He scored in against Barcelona numerous yeah. times as well. He's a threat at set pieces. Yeah, I'll, I'll can, yeah, I'll can, I'll can see now that it's just come to me. I'll yeah. concede. Ramos. Well, yeah. wh- whatever team this is going to be, you can only imagine it's going to play big games. If it was big yeah. games, yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll but what was your that. suggestion? I mean, we, it was Nesta. We've left, we've left yeah. you out. Of it, was, it was sort of anyone part of that Milan back line, like Nesta. Maldini. That's what, from yeah, 2005. Cafu, Stam, Nesta, Maldini. You could pretty much put that as its own defence, but that'd be boring. But if you look at between Ramos and Piquet, they've done everything over the last decade. European yeah. Championships, World Cup, they've matched each other like for like, they won the World Cup together, didn't they? Exactly. There's, 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 one, there's one debate we're never going to have in 20 years' time. Or, or, you know, who was better? Maradona, Maradona and Pele. Mm. We can have that debate forever. Yeah. Messi and Ronaldo, we're going to have that debate forever. Bra- Ramos and Piquet. If you can look at their careers, they've more or less done the same. Equal. Yeah. That's it. So I think Piquet might be a little younger than Ramos. Uh, sounds about right, yeah. They're, they're both even, just gone 30, aren't they? They're something like that. I think Ramos might be about 32, 33 now. I'd say 31 at the oldest. Possibly. If but we're going to take off the field stuff into it as well, PK wins. <laughs> no, no, just, he, no, he's lost. He's lost now. He won for about ten years. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, now he's lost. He couldn't even. Get, and that was all after the uh, after the Catalonia debate. Yeah, Catalonia yeah. debate came out. So okay, Ramos. Yeah, fair Ramos. Yeah, fair Ramos Left back. Marcelo. Marcelo. Roberto Carlos. Carlos for me as, as well. Yeah, that left foot. I'll give the same <laughs> argument for Marcelo watching him in the Champions League um, what was it, like oh big game yeah ago. big game fullback yeah I think, he was, I think he was probably the best player on the pitch I've never I've never 
seen the fuss with Marcelo, if I'm being totally honest. I think the thing about Marcelo, what he does, he's always there. He's, I think it's he's one of those sort of underlying fullbacks that you don't you sort of you you just expect the Real Madrid left back to be bombing back and forth constantly, putting in the correct crosses, making the right slide tackles at down at the yeah, other I always, end. I always maintained Fabio Contreras was better than Marcelo. I always maintained it. I don't know. It's very touch and go isn't it but you've got to remember what Marcelo did with Brazil as well yeah like, I think that tarnished his reputation a little bit particularly the 7-1 yeah at the same time the Philip Lahm Philip Lahm's shout but I just I don't see him as a left back to be he, honest he became a centre midfielder didn't he I was going to say yeah, like, yeah he, he made the semi-finals of three World Cups consecutively 2006 he played left back 2010 he played defensive midfield in 2014 he played right back yeah so as you so I can't really I'd, ha I'd have Philip Lahm on the bench yeah so if any injury comes he's the first man off the bench similar to James Milner <laughs> just to go anywhere he's the German James Milner <laughs> can't believe that's a thing um, no I'm, I'm going to have to stick with Roberto Carlos here on pure again Galactico reputation and again won a World Cup in Brazil and also when it comes to set pieces you've, there's, your there's your left foot option done sorted done. yeah like, there's no debate in that penalties as well no goalkeepers ever can stand the way or free kicks or, or we're going to have a lot of free kick takers in this team I imagine but Roberto Carlos Roberto if, if it's about 40-50 yards out go on Robbie <laughs> give me a crack yeah yeah okay we'll go for Carlos okay Right, so... So, how are we doing? We're just, we're just listing so midfield. It doesn't matter position, just to midfield. Yeah. First one... First one is... Can we say, before we go any further, yeah. I'd like to make some omissions from this, because just because they're already in the team, otherwise the debate wouldn't last. Can yeah. we take Javi and Iniesta out of the equation? Okay, why? Just because... Well, they've already made the team and they're like, we want to sort of give some shout-outs to other players that have been overlooked. And it's just in the last slot, isn't it? Yeah. Just if we throw in Javi Niniesta straight away, then it's pretty settled. Okay. And it's overlooking a number of other world-class players that have played over the last 17 years. Yeah. So you can have them maybe as, you know, bench or to yeah. come in for anything okay. or whatever. Okay, question here, because this will dictate how I do my... or how I propose my mid field three mm -hmm. are we just listing the best players or are we trying to make a team so you, if you've got one player you have to get who does he play well with no we're just listing yeah we're just list yeah okay because if they're good enough then they will adapt quickly i, I want to make my first okay uh, one here i think he absolutely has to go in i don't think he can be debated we have to have paul skulls have to have paul skulls for the way that he dictated play and the way he kept manchester united ticking well before the turn of the millennium, let alone going into it as well, he was essentially Alex Ferguson's go-to guy to slow down or speed up the tempo of any game, and he was overlooked so much. I think, and I think I, I he was he's, he, he's overlooked, and I think I know why. And I propose this to you: is that Paul Scholes never got a big moment. He only, he only really got one big moment, and that was the semi-final against Barcelona. That with that with that goal. Struck 2007. Whereas, whereas, yeah, whereas when people think of Steven Gerrard, what comes to their mind? It comes to Olympiacos. Olympiacos, yeah. No, it comes to Istanbul. West, it comes um, to West Ham in the final. Yeah, yeah. I let this slip. Exactly. Everyone yep. remembers. Yep. The, no, exactly. True. Everyone remembers the big moments. 
You can argue that for Frank Lampard as well. Frank Lampard had a few big moments. Had a few big moments. Paul Scholes really only had the one. But I think that and was in that season, and in that season, he was taken over because he had Ronaldo, Tevez, and Rooney up top. But that's why he was overlooked because what he did was so key to the workings of that team that it was easy like without him dictating the play he was the others weren't going to function properly Ronaldo would not have gone on to become the great player that he is today without having someone like Paul Scholes functioning behind him you wouldn't have had to, you wouldn't have Rooney go, go on to hit the heights that he eventually did you wouldn't have got Carlos Tevez at Manchester United Paul Scholes had that pull even the likes of Iniesta and Javi said themselves that the greatest player they've seen is Paul Scholes and we're not talking about Premier League titles FA Cups Champions League titles we're not talking about any of that we're just talking about all round abilities okay maybe not slide tackling we can take that out yeah. of the uh, sequence but no you need him in that team he's the Cubs done with sure yeah yeah sir if we're gonna take, if we're gonna sort of over, that's the sort of thing I've always another found point. Out. Yeah. Another point I'd like to yeah. bring up about Paul Scholes. Yeah. Another reason it's probably overlooked is because he was part of a generation, particularly the English generation, where they couldn't sort out that midfield. Where he, which we're going to get onto later. We will. Which he was almost the resolve for in that central spot, but couldn't find the ideal partner. If Roy Keane was English, it would have been solved. Done. You know, but because of trying to fit someone like that in alongside, who would, who would it have been at that point? Um, Where are we going? Are we going early 2000s? 2002, yeah. Uh, who was his central field partner? It would have been. It would have been Steve G. It would have been. Yeah, it was. It was Gerard. Even very, though, even yeah, very Ger- young Gerard. Yeah, because Gerard played in Munich in the five-one. Yeah. Oh, he did. He and scored. That, yeah, he? yeah. Yeah. Nicky Barbie on the left wing. Oh, Nicky Butt was in the. Uh, Nicky Butt. The team. Frank Lampard. Yeah, Frank Nicky Butt was in the World Cup because Gerard got injured. That's it. Yeah. So, if yeah, he would have had one of his quote unquote big moments if Paul Scholes was in that central role instead of like being hoyed out on the left because they couldn't sort out that left wing issue at that time. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, that, that was when Nicky Barmby and Frank Sinclair. That's it. Even Joe Cole. Trevor I never, Sinclair? One of the Sinclairs. I can never tell. I can never tell. Yeah. And then Joe Cole was there, but I never quite got the hype behind Joe Cole. Yeah. So I would have to make an argument. First spot has to go to Paul Scholes. Yeah, and I can't see many. Yeah. Many runs with that. Because the age-old debate is Scholes, Gerard, or Lampard. Yeah. If we're going to go for... Central midfield in terms of, of English, yeah. Shots. And if we're going to go for dictating the play, Zabi Alonso would be a very close second. He was going to be my next one that I wanted to bring up, but because I've already got Paul Skulls, okay, then I couldn't do that. So that's my one. Anyone else? I'll if take the next one. Yeah, if we're going for midfielders, Ryan Giggs. How are you going to fit him in? Playing four-three-three. When you're listing. We're just listing, we're not making a team. Just got to be midfielders. Yeah. Just got to be midfielders. Three midfielders. Three midfielders. As you said, forward. they'll work it out. Yeah. Okay, alright. Ryan Giggs can play section midfielders. He, he Ryan, can. Yeah. yeah, Ryan Giggs. But traditionally left winger. Yeah. So I would have had him at left wing. Either way, he's a midfielder, he's a winger. Ryan Giggs. See, I'd argue that the Milan team of 07 alone had enough midfielders in there. Gattuso. Gattuso, Gattuso Kaka, Seydorf, and who there's. I miss it. Perlo. Yeah, Perlo. Yeah. Perlo, who I, know, who I never got the 
I've never understood the fuss with Bowler. Really? Especially in the later days, when basically, when basically all, all he was famous for was moving about 10 yards over 90 minutes. Hanging passes. Stick someone on him. It's, Thing is it you, can't, be that, can't be that hard. You've got a Juventus team that are dominating. Yeah, make sure, make, make, make sure he doesn't get the ball. But everyone else at that point is tracking other players, the likes of Marquisio. The, the whole reason that Pirlo works is because the other team is always on the back foot. Yeah. And Pirlo got the freedom to, That's it. to do yeah, what he so wanted. You should have started the other way, though. That's the thing. No, because you can't leave the likes of Marquisio or who else, or Del Piero. Was he there with Del Piero at that point? No, I'm talking. No, this is this is Del Piero. This uh, this is Perla. This is late. Yeah, late sort of five yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, this year 2012 was when he became the hipster's favourite. Okay. Everyone said, "Oh, you got to watch Perlo, He dictates everything." To be fair, we went to watch him. I thought he was brilliant when he came on. That was against Nigeria. It was against Nigeria, but again, no one was pressing him at that point. Just the passes that he was picking out were fantastic. I've just. Never, I just similar to my things with Messi. With Messi, just tackle him. It's not that hard. It's, with with Pelé, just put either. a man on him. But it's not that simple. Don't either. let him get the ball. That's the way to stop him dictating play. Don't let him get the ball. Do you not think Andre Pirlo like has the ability to get his way out of a one man marking him? Though? Does he? We never saw it because no sure one we, tried it. I'm sure we did. I'm sure if you know you put a man on Andre Pirlo. He would find a way to wriggle his way out of it. Either he'd wriggle out of it or another man's free. Or, yeah, or he'll pass it back to the ball to someone else, find some free space, the man won't follow. Well, it's 11 v 11, so if you put one man on each man, there's no one's going to be... But the idea is you're on the back foot. So if anything, you're dropping those yards yeah, back to penalty the, not from, the first, not from the first minute of the game, though. No. No, but there's another not as soon as, as soon as the, outfield that are yeah, as soon as the, as soon as the ball gets kicked off, just put, put a midfielder on Perlo. Just close him down. Just don't let him do anything. I don't think it's that straightforward. Anyway, midfielders, you've got yours in skulls. Oh, I've got mine in gigs. Lewis. Sudan. Yeah, I can't, I can't dispute Sudan. I can't dispute Zidane for a moment. Even, I'll tell you what I love about Zidane, it's that video where he made an absolute mockery of that 17-year-old goalkeeper yeah. in the academy. Oh, on the just, train pitch. Yeah, just turning him inside out four or five times. If, if, we're in, if we're including him as a midfielder, though, I'd have Ronaldinho over Zidane any day of the week. I was going to pick him later for a striking option. As a front three? Mm-hmm. 100%. Are we going to go ahead and take Ronaldo and Messi out of the equation if we're doing Xavi and NES, so. yeah I think so yeah so it takes a lot of debate like, yeah we need yeah. to so so you're so Ronaldinho would go left yeah. wing or right wing yeah okay. over up like because Ronaldinho well, we're not glazing over to down here but yeah. Ronaldinho is the greatest player I've seen of this generation yeah absolutely as, as I've, I've not seen anyone as better. I say with Messi Messi isn't even the best player to wear number 10 for his club or country yeah Maradona has that for Argentina <laughs> Ronaldinho. Just straight off, just straight off the bat, Ronaldinho. I'd have Ronaldinho in front of Messi yeah. any day of the week. Yeah. So, gigs. So we, we agreed on gigs and skulls. I can't dispute Zidane. I can't. If, if Again, we, Champions if we're gonna, League if we're gonna, winner. If we're going to move Ronaldinho forward, then yeah, I have Zidane. Champions League winner, World Cup winner. Zidane uh, did everything. He did. Maybe not in the in the century, but no. Well, he you know, won a lot, didn't he? Yeah, but he, in the yeah. six years of the century that he's played. Yeah. Oh, he. Everything that yeah. you took. Euros in 2002? No, Euros. Yeah, Welcome 2002. That's when the French fell apart. Yeah. 
2004, they got to the... Year 2004, they got knocked out by Greece in the, the semis. semis. Yeah. <laughs> no. Or the quarters. Quarterfinals, yeah, because Greece knocked out the Czechs in the semis. That was a mental year. Yeah. It was, that was weird, yeah. Yeah, 2006, we all know that happened. Yeah. 2006, we all know Benny that. Benny did that, Yeah. <laughs> I just feel hard. Because, again, we're leaving out so many. We are. This is harsh on the coast, like Kakar. Who in 2007-2008, I'd give the argument, was the best player in the world? Well, he earned it, didn't he? He got the Ballon d'Or, didn't he? Got the, ba- got the Ballon d'Or, yeah. Was he 2007-2008? I thought that was uh, Ronaldo. I thought that was Ronaldo's. Yeah. No. no, I'm pretty sure Kaka took it. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Because he got a move to Real Madrid off the back of it for 50-odd million. Nothing. He, I, remember, yeah. <laughs> I remember when he was linked with Man City during those, those days. Was it like 500 grand a week, was the rumour? Yeah, 500 yeah. grand a week. And I remember the best bit is they were saying, how's he going to fit in? And he was going, oh, we'll fit right up next to Stephen Ireland. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't a case of Stephen Ireland's going to have to go to the bench. It's Stephen Ireland and Kaká will play well together. (laughs) From Milano on the left. There's and Richard Dunn behind them <laughs> in centre <laughs> half. Giovanni. Giovanni. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Joey Barton wouldn't have been. No, 2008, he'd have been in Newcastle. Yeah, Newcastle. Sorry, ben Johnny. Was Ben Johnny there? Ben Johnny would have been there. Craig oh, Bellamy would have been Dunn. there. Joe. Shay Given. Joe. Shay Given. And then Kaka. Was, was Bojinov still there for Larry yeah. Bojinov? Not, yeah. not to forget Rubinho. Rocco yeah, Santa Cruz. Les Scott. What a team. Didn't that team get smashed 7-1 off Middlesbrough? That was before I took That over. was before the Arab money. That was the last right. game. I, I remember, no, they didn't have some money because Sven was in charge at that point. No, yeah, they, no, yeah, that, they had, that was Tashin Sinawatra. They took, they took over yeah. right before the end of the transfer window. Yeah, they, was yeah, the, yeah, they yeah. took over yeah. the day before the transfer window in. Because didn't they, no, it wasn't the same year, was it? Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, yeah, Berbatov to Man United, same day. It was, Rubinho, it was the same day, wasn't same it? Day. That's right, yeah. That's great. Right, yeah. That was in Rubinho, they had Chelsea were printing shirts for Rubinho 10 because they expected him. Yeah, that's right. And he got, anyway, yeah. move on to the forwards. Right, so... So, for an agreement, Ronaldinho gets one of them. He has to. Absolutely has to. Like, I, it's one of the few that I wish I'd seen live. I did. He still does play. I saw, he, he turns does, up for charity games yeah, and stuff, and, and he's still quality. I saw, I was, I saw, I Ryan, to that. I saw Ryan Giggs nutmeg run out, Dino. Oh, my God. He probably let him do it. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Was that at Old Trafford? No, that was a White Hart Lane. Wales, Brazil were playing a friendly. Oh, OK. Yeah, he's, he's allowed that. 100% he's allowed that. No way does Ronaldinho attention get. Murked. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we had, it was Lucy. Remember Lucio, big bruising centre half, played for yeah. Brazilian fella. Yeah, Brazilian fella. Inter Milan and yeah. Do you know who Wales had up front that night to deal with to deal with Lucio? Robert Earnshaw. <laughs> <laughs> Did Robbie Savage play that night? He didn't. No. No. <laughs> oh, it was a it was a terrible. We only we only lost two 0 <laughs> John Hartson. I think Adriano played that night. It was a great night anyway. Adriano. Yeah. The one that got really fat. Yeah. No, played for Inter Milan. 99, 99 power. I think there's a lot That's of it. Brazilians that, or players that went on about how good he was and how he could have been. Adriano. Well, Adriano. Yeah. yeah, I remember. And he was, you know, had the potential to, to El, actually eclipse Ronaldo. El shirari has gone the same way. Yeah. There was a lot of big talk about him when he was at Inter Milan. Uh, AC Milan, sorry. Yeah. And then I think he's, I think he's in China now. Yeah. He was at Roma for a he bit. He was at, but I think he may have gone. 
we're not, still we're, not, we're not putting Adriano. No, 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 no. I mean, great, great player though he is. Yeah. Though he was. But no, he's not getting. Into but he only had a couple of years at the top, yeah. and it. I'm going to throw in a um, a bit of a, a curveball here. Uh, I don't know how you take take this, but if, I'm going to assume here we're going to have Ronaldo on the right wing. Ronaldinho. Ronaldinho, sorry. Yeah. Ronaldinho on the right wing. So on the oh, left wing. It's just three forwards. Up yeah, just three. Yeah. Mix them up. Personally, I'd like to see Iron Robin in there. Reason being, in terms of his career, he's always been at the top of his game consistently. Chelsea. Cutting in and shooting. <laughs> Chelsea. Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. Real Madrid was quite short-lived, though, wasn't it? Yeah. It was short-lived, but he still earned a move to it. Yeah. Holland arguably should have won a World Cup. 2010. No, one on one on one against Casillas. That and 2014, I'd argue. I still maintain they were the best team in that tournament, player for player. The way they. This is Holland. Yeah. Managed by. <laughs> Let's not do that. <laughs> Let's not go there. The way they absolutely tore apart the what the journalists were calling like the greatest footballing team we'll see for the next hundred years is in Spain that, that's and Spain. just decimated them, picked them apart. Yeah, far too easy. And, I, then, and then took apart the Brazilian sides in the third in the third place game. Yeah. So, and a lot of that was down to Iron Robin, and I realise a lot of it's cutting inside and shooting, but it's almost like he mastered that technique. And no one came close to it. The one, the one goal that sticks um, in my mind. Hang on, the Thierry Henry mastered that. He Thierry Henry mastered the finesse, didn't he? I was going to say he wasn't. Yeah, he did. He wasn't renowned for that though. Iron Robin. Thing was is, Iron Robin. You know what he's going to do, but you can't stop it. Is that's it? That's it. I can't get that goal out of my head. I think it was the third or fourth for the counter against Spain. And oh yeah, he puts Casillas and Sergio Ramos both on their asses goes round them and taps it in with devastating pace as well you know so I'd, I'd 100% like yeah, I'd take Iron Robin I'd, now the, let yeah, alone yeah, three Robin, or four years I can ago see, I can see the argument for Iron Robin but I just I know it's not like because he, he's never been regarded the, in as like world the, class the, I don't the, know why the, if we're listing if we're listing the best three barring Ronaldo and Messi yeah I just can't see I just can't see top three. I just can't see him being top the ten. 100%. Ten, ten definitely. I ten definitely. I'd hear the argument for five, taking out Ronaldo and Messi. Yeah. But there are just there are players I'd have. I'd players I'd have. Just, he's first player I'd have ahead of him. Go on. This is my nomination. Is Luis Suarez. I know that he really only came to prominence. I was going to say yeah. Within England, mainstream. Well, a that World Cup, two thousand ten. The thing about Luis Suarez is against Iron Robin is how long has Luis Suarez been relevant? Let's say five years. His, well, here's the thing. Here's the define relevant because relevant cause to Suarez global global prestige and exposure and playing at a world class level for years. Because Iron Robin has been doing it since about 2006 or seven with Chelsea, won the league back to back. Then went on to Real Madrid. Must have won La Liga at one point with them. Uh, then on to okay. Sure, then went to Bayern Munich. Okay, won the Bundesliga, which may not be as much of an accolade yeah. because there's only two teams in it. Yeah. Representing his country, playing in a World Cup final, playing in a World Cup semi-final, earning first place. Yeah. Here's the thing. This is this is listing accolade. I was thinking. If you're giving me the choice of who would I rather have in a team, yeah, I'd have Suarez over over Iron Robin. 
if we're going to go down that route, I'd ideally have Fernando Torres over Luis Suarez. Fernando Torres, I was going to, I was going to have Torres and Suarez as my last two. Yeah, you know, but I would have Torres over Suarez. At that's, peak. that's fair enough. That's yeah, the argument. But for a left winger in that team, I know we were talking about them yeah, sort themselves just, out, yeah. but if we're, but you could switch it any way you wanted it. I just, you could still you could do that with Suarez though. You can. Yeah. Well, they did. Brendan Rodgers did switch Suarez to uh, Sturridge. Yeah. Switch Coutinho, them all around. Philip Coutinho as well. And Coutinho. Yeah. Yeah. If you're giving me that, I'd just rather have Luis Suarez. What about you? Um, I mean, there's quite a few arguments for just buying Munich alone. Yeah. Lewandowski. I mean, closer. Closer. Yeah, you know. This is why I wanted to take Ronaldo and Messi out of it to like give. Hang on, we're missing the, we're missing the big one. We're missing Ronaldo. The Ronaldo. The Ronaldo. Yeah, it's high. But again, we didn't do much in this in this century. Yeah, he was more known for what he did in the nineties than he was in this back in the nineties. But then again, but then you could argue the same for Zidane. But. 2000 to 2006. I was going to say, when did Ronaldo leave Real Madrid? 2003, must have been? Must have been after the Korea World Cup. He, he was very much at his peak in the late 90s. Yeah. Whereas that but was what a, on, what a on, peak. On, in his peak, 2000, 2002 and 2006, those two World Cups, that's when he took over, that's when he took over the whole record. The whole record that Miroslav Klose then took away from him. Well, 2002. Which Thomas Muller's going to take away from Miroslav Klose. Yeah. So 2002 is when he won the Golden Boot, didn't he? Yeah. At the World Cup. I don't know if he won it in 2006 or not as well. I see he won the World Cup. No, Closer, I think, won the World, won the Golden Boot in 2006, I think. Right. Yeah, 2006 was Closer's. Right. I think he edged it over Ronaldo. Yeah. But. And the possibly the greatest game that I've ever seen. Man United 5, Real Madrid 3 in Old Trafford. Old Trafford, yeah. That, from, just that one game. game. Yeah. Ronaldo, it's one, of these, it's one of these things. He got a standing ovation from all of Old Trafford that night. Yeah. Did Zidane, did anyone else ever? I've seen Zidane I, get I, I've, standing I've, Yeah, I've seen, I've, yeah. Seen, like, so I've seen Messi get standing ovation at the Bernabeu. I think I've seen Henri get an ovation at the Bernabeu. I've seen Zidane get standing ovation. I'm Camp, sure of it. I'm from the sure. whole stadium in a competitive game yeah. not a charity one no no in a competitive game I'm sure I can't list it off the top of my head I'm pretty sure it would have been yeah um, I think it was France against Brazil may have been a friendly or a World Cup match I can't be sure but there's highlights of it on like Twitter or something yeah. where he basically just tears apart I'm pretty sure he nutmegs Ronaldinho in that game as well mm. and he goes off and he gets a standing ovation from the whole crowd because he was just that I'm still, on point. I'm, sti- I'm still having Ronaldo, personally. Yeah, I can't argue against Ronaldo, though. I can't. I'd argue he's better than... Lewis, you'll you're say you've been quite quiet in this. I mean, like, for I the most part. I mean, it's two against one, really, isn't it? I mean, well, no, but me. yeah, but we're hoping to, like, different names. My, my only argument against Ronaldo is that he just sort of tailed off towards the century. He, to be fair, he did win a Golden Boot at a he's World sti- Cup, and he won the World Cup boot. in this no, century. I'll give him that. It's, it's pretty much his, his best shout at getting the team. And even when he was fat into Milan, he was still dancing around defenders for fun. Like it was just yeah. you can't teach that natural ability. Like having Ronaldo, Ronaldinho. Well, that's that was peak Brazil, wasn't it? Up front, having Ronaldo, Rivaldo, and Ronaldinho. 
Yeah. That's yeah, that, 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 two, that, that 2006 side, I think I've said, if you go 1 to 11, because that had the likes of Kaká and Adriano and Ronaldinho. Was that Dida in goal? Dida in goal. Yeah. Roberto Carlos, Cafu, Luciao, yeah. Zé Roberto. That whole squad. Just, it was all set up. Cleverson. <laughs> <laughs> I think Gilberto Silva would have been in there as well. He, yeah. yeah, he would have been. That was yeah. a great squad. So really, we're missing the last oh, one. I'm gonna uh, go on. Go ahead I've, and take got, this one. I've got I've got an outside shout, but go on. Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, both quick dribblers. Mm-hmm. If you were to pick someone who's unstoppable at full speed, bit bias. Thierry Henry. I mean, he's already in the other team, but. Well, I mean, well, so was Ramos, and so was Ramos. Yeah. So here's one for you on real Bergkamp. Because I, personally, going on natural ability, I have to go with Bergkamp. With close control, beating a man. And that's that's no bad word against Thierry. But in terms of accolades and what they've done in the past 17 years... This is an accolade, this is the player. This is the accomplishment, this is the player. Because if it's that, then... Then you then you go for Robin. If you just want yeah. the player, you probably go Bergkamp. Yeah. If you want statistics, you probably go Van Nistelrooy. Yeah. Sit. So, so I can see so why you're going for Henry. Yeah, I could. I, I can absolutely. I can see the. I can absolutely see it. I personally, as an outside child, because I don't think his name's cropped up anytime soon. We don't have any Portuguese players in this team. I think there's one. Deco. Nope. Figo. Go. Luis Figo. At his peak. Or even Raul. Raul's not a bad shout. Those sort of ones that, because I think if they were Spanish, they'd have been better remembered. Or French. I think because. Or Italian. Because the Portuguese team at that time wasn't, you know. I mean the turning anyone over particularly They're, like those two were peaking in the Portuguese side but they didn't have the same quality around them what are we talking about 2004 2006 yeah that was actually quite a good score they were, no, 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 you yeah. Ricardo in goal fine keeper well even well, in I know they, they reached the final yeah. in the Euros and they should have won that yeah get up yeah but, Carvalho in um, goal Paulo Ferreira I mean look at the Porto side of the yeah. one Champions yeah, League yeah Rui Costa Deco Ronaldo there's one they're, they're, not, there. they're not as well remembered in international football history in that period as the Brazil side of 2002 or even the Greece side of 2004. Well, you can't remember the Greece side, but you remember Greece won it. Come hell or high water. There's a, there's a thing. Can you name five? Five out of the 23. Greece, I guarantee five. some of the men in S. I can. Yeah. <laughs> I can name. I can. I can name two. I still have Stephen Anacopoulos. Only because he played for Bolton. Otherwise, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have known him. Ivan Campo. Was he? He was wasn't Spanish. Greek. He wasn't Greek. I'm probably in the Bolton him. squad. Yeah, he was Spanish. in the Bolton squad. That's probably. I'm getting mixed yeah. up with the one you said then. All yeah. right, the other one, Nikos Dabizos. Again, you only really know him because he played for Newcastle. Newcastle. Yeah. Okay, so take them two out. <laughs> George Samaras probably wasn't playing for them at that point. No. George's Carragher I only know because he played for Fulham Carragher he, he must have played for that yeah I agree Antonios Nicopolidis in goal as the only one I can name I think off the ma- top of my head right now I think you're just making names up we could that's the thing we could be <laughs> Trionos Delas I know but again he played for Leicester 
at some stage. Yeah. You can't deem right off the top of your... Yeah, it was a, it was a weird It was a crazy year. Yeah, it was just a weird tournament. But point stands, someone like Luis Figo, because I think for me, Luis Figo, in a way, paved the way for Cristiano Ronaldo as like an inspiration, as a standard yeah. to meet. Yeah. To say top that. And 12 <laughs> years later, he did. And he won the Euros. Yeah. Figo never won anything internationally. Nope. Cristiano, Cristiano Ronaldo did technically I know he went off injured in the final but well, he, he, was, he, was mani- he dragged them kicking he, and screaming player player manager yeah pretty much for the final yeah. and as I said yeah but yeah as I said as I said last summer Cristiano Ronaldo dragged dragged Portugal kicking and screaming to the final yeah. Lionel Messi misses a penalty and retired <laughs> and he put a free kick is he well coming over back this summer yeah. of course he is of course he is of course he is well, as he will. So and, as, and as I said when I was at the time, basically, Lionel Messi has one summer, or the debate is over. Yeah. He has one summer. And he's got to do it. How old is, uh, I want to say, Ronaldo's 33. Yeah. Messi's probably one or two years younger. Pushing 30. Yeah. He could probably get, if the Argentine team comes together and they sit him in sort of like a second attacking mid role, sit behind. Only way he'd get another chance is it, in 2022 if he year, was. Yeah, he'd have to work his way in from the bench. I think the difference. But even then, that's not the. Yeah. It's not the a big same. debate for that though is that Ronaldo's all physique. When that goes, Ronaldo's finished. I don't know if he is. Well, he scored one La Liga goal this season. He's had three children. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, we're missing. We've got the last one. On we have Bergkamp. I can see the debate in terms of the creative aspect of Bergkamp. That's what I mean. Those two. But then again, you've got someone like. Ronaldinho. But can you imagine, imagine being a centre back and having Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, and Henri? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just sit down. I, I think and let just it happen, stand you? still, just don't embarrass me. Yeah. <laughs> it's going in one just, way. I was going to say you stand side on to make sure you're not nutmegged, but even then yeah. they'll swivel it yeah. around you I, and do a backflip. Yeah. I, I put Henri in. Okay, I just, that's fine. Yeah. I think that's really it's harsh on Raul and Figo. I was going to say, deemed that 11, you, there's, for every one player, there's about five others. That's it. Even in goal, you could have had Dida in there. Dida was a great goalkeeper. Valdez. Valdez. <laughs> Neuer. Neuer. Oliver Kahn. Oliver Kahn. So many great... Jens Lehmann, who I always loved. So many great goalkeepers you could, oh. you could have had. I always appreciate the likes of Pepe Reina. Yeah, got, Pepe Reina. Overlooked. Yeah. I thought Van der Sar always did a good job for Man United. Yeah, absolutely. He was a solid guy. Like, for all the years that Man United had goalkeeping problems, as soon as Van der Sar came in, solved. Solid. Consistency. I think he was half the reason they got back on track to winning the leagues away from Chelsea again. Yeah. In that well, mid period. Well, I a bit of a problem when, when Schmeichel That's it. left and they went yeah. for a few keepers. Was it before. Berg was one of them? Yeah, there was Raymond van der Gaal, yeah. there was Roy Carroll, Fabian Barthez, obviously, Tim Howard. Berg. There was like there that. was a Ricardo, but not the Ricardo. No. And then they've got they've just about managed with Davide. Anyway, so there is the total BS podcast team, team of, of the century. Yeah, team of the two thousand, team Sh- of the new millennium. Shout out to Shola. Yeah. Oh, uh, we'll, we'll do this in the end. Buffon and goal. Alves, Vidic, Ramos, and Roberto Carlos in the back. Skulls, Giggs, and Zidane in midfield. Ronaldinho, Ronaldo, and Henri at top. Who captains it? Ramos. 
Um, I'd be tempted to. I'd be tempted to say Vidic. I'd say Vidic, to be fair. But yeah. you can see the argument for. So basically, basically, it comes from the back five. I'm like yeah. Buffon, but I don't support keepers as captain. Neither do I, as a as a whole. It doesn't really work. No. You can't jog up to to Henri and go. By the way, mate. I've always not. yeah always. To be honest, for me, it's always been a centre half as captain. Yeah, centre half or centre midfield. Because they can see yeah. the play, but like yeah. still all in front of them. Yeah. Go yeah. go ahead and say. By yeah. the way, mate. So basically, it, basically, it's Vidic and Ramos. Just join no, captains. I was going to say there's no. Nice I was going to say there's no wrong answer there, is there? Yeah. Two armbands. <laughs> there you go, chaps. Or, or get yourselves. one big armband and wrap both their arms around it. Yeah. And you'd Make struggle them. to run between them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah 50 yard long armband. <laughs> anyway, um, so that's the Tobias podcast team of the century. Shove it your way for us better. Now, second debate. As was discussed, well, on BT Sport last night after the Anfield game, I was going to the Liverpool Chelsea game at Anfield, got there in the end. Um, Jake Humphrey posed sort of a number of questions to uh, Rio Ferdinand, Steve Gerrard and Frank Lampard. The main thing that came out of it was why wasn't the golden generation of two thousand six for England as successful as it could have been? Yeah. Well there's the start of the debate. <laughs> there's it, why wasn't it as successful? As it could have been. Well, they listed the answers last night, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. Like, they basically confirmed what we all knew, that a lot of these players had so much of a focus and drive at their club honours that the England ones, like, subconsciously, or international ones, were dismissed. Yeah. Yeah. This, this was a, a period when the top four was... Solid. Yeah. That was it. It was Chelsea, yeah. Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool, and there was no other way around it. Yeah. And the majority of the England players were coming through those ranks. There was and if they were, to that. yeah. And if they, and if any other England players came through that, chances they, are they were they were the rest of the twenty-three. Well, rather than starting eleven. Yeah. Either that, or by the time by the next January or the next summer, they were joining one of those four clubs. Yeah. You'd do very well. I'm just going. I'm just going off the top of my head. The only ones. In 2006, would have been Paul Robinson, who's Spurs. the goalkeeper, so doesn't really count, and David Beckham, who'd have been in Real Madrid. Michael Carrick. Where was Owen the Hart. He, he wasn't starting though. That's Owen the thing. He wasn't starting. We're talking the starting eleven. Yeah. Robinson, Neville, Terry, Ferdinand, Cole, Beckham, Gerard, Lampard, Cole, Rooney, and Owen. Sorry, Owen would have been in Newcastle. Yeah. But basically, eight of the eleven came to the top four. Yeah, because it picked itself almost. Yeah. And the thing about those eight is week to week for eight months of the year, or however long, they were competing directly against each other for trophies. Yeah. So it's got to be at least once a month, some of those lot were meeting up and going head to head. Yeah. At yeah. least. Yeah, in between the those four teams. Yeah. And they couldn't really sort of talk or socialise with each other because they knew that if they gave any sort of secrets or tactics away, that it would give them the edge. Uh, in the club matches. So yeah. what was the difference between this England team that couldn't crack on and the Spanish team of the last decade, which was... Because they, they were predominantly from two clubs. They were predominantly from two clubs and they recognised the honour of winning things internationally over club ones. Which is, which is even more ironic when you consider what's going on in Catalonia. <laughs> <laughs> even more ironic. <laughs> but again... When it comes to the greater good of their nation, they will put those differences aside. Aside, and I've, I'm sure. 
maybe it's a cultural thing. Yeah, as I as I as I said on one of the podcasts, um, in Stephen Gerrard's program for his testimonial, one of the questions was asked: if you had to score a last-minute winner against Everton or Man United, who would you choose? You, you could probably do the same with Harry Kane today. Would you rather score a last-minute winner against Arsenal or Chelsea yeah. or West Ham? You uh, trying to think? There's no there's no really more local boys anymore, are there? For playing anyone. for their teams. Yeah, playing for local one-man team. Off the top of my head. No, it doesn't really happen as much. Exactly, but uh, good. Bas- at Chelsea. Yeah. Rashford. Rashford. Yeah. Okay. Rashford. Liverpool or Man City. Yeah. Yeah. At no point do they ask, would you rather score the winner against Germany or Scotland? Yeah. Who are England's biggest rival? But go back 20, 30 years, when the likes of Alan Hansen was at Liverpool. Mm. Again, give him the question, would you rather score the last minute winner against Everton, Man United? He'd have said, neither, England. England. So there's obviously something's gone away that clubs, well, for the English players, for the British players, it matters more on club level than that's international it's more of a natural draw of loyalty to club level because that's where you're spending the majority of your career the majority of your playing time you're only called into the England fold um, three four times per season yeah. and for two week periods you don't get enough time to settle with the other players to contact them to build bonds and things which is I think which is what they're trying to well, trying sort to, out yeah. now yeah. not from just the senior level at the moment but going back from that you've just had the under 17s win their World Cup the under 20s did something they reached the, the tw- semis I believe or the of the World Cup the yeah final of the World Cup wasn't or the it? final whatever I yeah they, did, they, they, yeah, they yeah. reached some sort yeah. of level of success yeah. and, but they're all coming through the ranks together and they're getting a natural they're building like a natural rapport, rapport yeah. of winning. Yeah. yeah, and this is what I put to you before we came on, and I'll put it to Lewis now, is basically, if you can, what, what they're trying to do now is, or what they should do now is, build around a core of players around one team, one club, and transform that. So if you take Spurs, for example, go down the spine of that team. Eric Dyer, Deli Alley, and Harry Kane. You could argue, should be starters for club and country. Well, they are starters for club. Yeah, yeah. You should make the yeah. argument they should be starters for country. Yeah. And if you compare that to a different sport, rugby, the great Welsh side of 2008, of the starting 15, 13 of them all came from one club, the Ospreys, who were dominating the Welsh league at that stage. So that should be what they should be doing now. Is and Gerard mentioned this about the sort of cliques, the cliques that were going on around the table. You should have the Man United table, the Liverpool table, the Chelsea table, so on. But because now there are so many who are coming from one club each, so Crystal Palace have their representative in Loftus Cheek for the year. Yeah. Um, Watford have got Shalabar. Watford have got Shalabar. Stoke have got Butland. Burnley have got Heaton. Burnley have got Heaton. So you're all coming. So they won't want to sit on their own. They're going to work together. They're all going to naturally bond. Yeah. Naturally bond together. So that should be the way they go, is build around the core that you already have. I'm pretty sure we were making arguments for this years ago, though, at the 2006 World Cup, 2010 World Cup, whatever it was, that all the same players were getting picked for the same tournaments and not succeeding. Even when McLaren was in charge going into the 2008 Euros tournament, we were saying, why are these same players who failed year after year still getting picks and still making it to one eleven. why are we not giving other individuals a chance in years gone by yeah I think the only one that stood out there in the 2006 one that didn't go was Gareth Barry 
who would have been at Villa yeah. at that point. And even then, he was t- well, he eventually ended up at Manchester City when they broke into the top four mould. Yeah. Which, is my, which comes around to my point again of even these, pl- these English players that begin to succeed at the lower clubs of the division yeah. will eventually just move up to, to the rest of the quote-unquote you know, big clubs. With the exception of Arsenal, who, as we, as we said, do not have a player in the England squad on a regular basis. We've had players in and out over the last decade. Yeah, Walcott's yeah, been in and out. Oxley chamberlain in and out. Wilshere, in and out. But there's no solid... The last consistent one was Ashley Cole. I'd argue. argue that Wilshere went over a spell where he was six or seven Man of the Match awards in a row. Yeah, yeah, Euro 2012, I think. Euro 2000... Yeah. No, World Cup 2014, that was it. Yeah. Yeah, he won... Or yeah, yeah, eight Man of the Match awards for England during that stage, but never did anything for Arsenal. But anyway, the point is that the England players are now being spread across the league rather than joining well, up. Now more of the England players are getting picked on merit and not by name. Mm. Which, to be honest, back in the day when I I remember you know the likes of Gerard and Lampard going through some really dodgy patches, but because there were no better options in terms of ability they'd still get picked regardless there were like no consequences for their actions go back how long were Cahill and Jagielka just the name yeah because there was no other centre-backs now there seems to be a renaissance of English centre-backs yeah that's, but that's what you want you want that the thing is you've got to remember that, that this team 15-20 years ago the Skulls and Geralds is before the whole international influence of, of Agueros and, and Suarez's and Drogba's which is now seeing English players pushed out too even then you could go back 20 years ago and you could still argue the likes of Cantona was coming over Bergkamp was coming over Robert Perez Vieira this was at a time when they weren't as they weren't as prominent they were almost alongside the the British yeah they were there to compliment them yeah but now because English talent isn't really used to its full potential you look it's at the England 11 against the England 11 of 20 years ago it's night and day in terms of, of natural ability they get bullied off the park at this point which is why it's almost like this current crop of senior English players are going to be for most part swiftly dismissed and wait for the new generation that are winning the accolades no, I, at the lower I, levels I st- I, and I still keeping maintain, them together I, I still maintain that this England team this England team have one shot and it's not next year in Russia it's year 2020. Yeah. Well, you got the, the final is at Wembley. The pressure that's going to be on them, that is the point where it's going to be right. Because didn't Greg Dyke or Greg Clark say that we shouldn't be focusing on anything? We, England, shouldn't be focusing on anything. Should be focusing on 2022 in Qatar? yeah. Yeah. I think he's... I think he was onto something there. It's, it's now with the, with the influx of the youth coming through, they'll slowly make their way through. But the England squad that's there now... He's quite young. That's the, I was going to say the best players in this English team at the moment are early twenties. Yeah. yeah. So I think next year, depending on how it's, it's the world teams that are coming in, so don't. But you're 2020. Watch out for that. Make an impact. That's going to be the one. If you look at Kane, Ali, Dyer, all the the best players they've got yeah. at the moment. Trippier and Rose, the wing backs. Pretty much Tottenham. Yep. You know, for the most part. Throwing bias out the window. Yeah. They've got another two tournaments in them. About eight years, easily. Kane's, what, 23? 
Yep. 24. He's younger than me. That's Ali, right. Ali's 21, that's 2. <laughs> yeah. Dyer's 24, 3, 4. Yeah. Something like that. They're yeah. All, yeah, they're all younger In than eight us. years' time, they'll still be at the top of their game. They'll be better. Exactly. They'll be improved from where they and are. And then now. you've got the, the under 20s and the under 17s. What I would say about those under 17s and under 20s, though, the main thing that concerns about me is opportunity at club level to help develop them. Yeah, and that's, that's something them, And keeping them together. You're and no, not separating them and not know, sending them yeah. to individual clubs and yeah. letting them yeah. Do you know Foden at Man City? Phil Foden. Phil Foden, that's it. I kept calling him Ben Foden. But some were saying he was on the bench for Man City this week. And someone heard the argument that he's the best 17 year old in the world. Who isn't playing? Yeah, exactly. He's not. He's not playing. Whereas, you know, taking the bias into it, Ryan Sessegnon at Fulham played his fiftieth league game this week at seventeen. Donnarumma, no longer seventeen. No, but, but yeah, he got the chance. He's still still going. Ben Woodburn has been capped and scored at international level. Jaden Sancho, who's just left City for Dortmund. Yeah. Christian Pulisic at Dortmund. Are we talking about current players? Yeah, or current, just yeah, down the years? yeah current youngsters. Right. Just youngsters now. Mbappe. Rashford. They're getting goes, but for some reason, this Phil Foden isn't going to get a chance, and he won't. He won't, not in that team. Not in this team. Not what is he, an attacking midfielder? Yeah. He's De Bruyne. Silver. It's done. It's not happening for at least yeah. two or three years. Silver's yeah. getting on a bit, but. And not to the point that he's going to. No. Let anyone take his place. Or when PSG coming with a two hundred and fifty million pound bid for De Bruyne in two summers' time. That's the thing. Foden's what seventeen. I mean, at eighteen these days you want to be getting games. Yeah, have to. Even if it's not at the top level. You have, uh, l- yeah, some sort I mean, look, of look, look at someone like Loftus Cheek who's now 20, 21 something like that. Who's only just coming to the spotlight and he's it's been known for years that he's same with Shalaba. Yeah, well, I mean, I know I realize Shalaba's been at other clubs Nake, like yeah. Nottingham Forest. Nake, Nake. He's another one. He's been around. He's Dutch, but yeah. he's Dutch. Well, the rule. But, but the yeah. point stands. Yeah, like not getting this chance. Well, De Bruyne, De Bruyne was another one at Chelsea. He used to get loaned out all the yeah. time and get a chance there. He, he, he was there. Did he go from Wolfsburg to Chelsea? Yeah, and then back on loan to Wolfsburg. And then left permanently. Did, didn't do anything at Chelsea. Mo Salah is another to. example of yep. Chelsea players that were clearly. We're we'll clearly bit, offered something, yeah. We're we'll getting a bit off topic here, yeah. but my point is so you take this core of under 17s and you do not allow them to be dispersed all across the country because then those cliques of those clubs develop and then you've got the same problem again with the quote unquote golden generation where they all focus on what's happening at club level. I don't think it matters where they go as long as they're playing. Yeah. If Phil Foden wants to go in and play for, for Wolves in the Championship for the next six months in, in January... He'd, he'd do well to do that. He'd do very well. That's but, I'd like to see that. But just an example, if he wants to yeah. go into League One and, and play football... Yeah. Because, you know, you can play in League One and get picked up by the Premier League. You can, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah the exactly. MK Dunks. Uh, and that's what I want to see with this... But I'd rather can, see... How many under-17 names can you remember at the moment, though, out of that team? I don't know any. No. I don't. Oh wait, I, I, don't. Do, I, I can name one, Sessegnon, because he was with us. Stephen Sessegnon. Did Sessignon. he play at that? He did. Stephen? Stephen. Okay. Or Stefan, I don't know. Okay. But well, he was one of us. Fair enough. Fine. Um, I can't name any, and no. I don't know what's going to happen to him in five years. I don't know if I'll be relevant. I swear there's a Newcastle player in there. Wasn't Freddie Woodman? Freddie Woodman. He was at the under-21. Okay, never mind. Uh, Adam Armstrong, Mayhem. The thing is, they, they won't all make it. You no, know, no, no, not all of teams, them, but, but enough of them need to. There needs to be at least six or seven players that come out of that that should be 
England regulars. Yeah, to join the current senior, in the next decade. Yeah, see, well, young seniors who will, yeah, in six or seven years, you know, have been seasoned professionals. Harry Kane's got to, you know, be at that level of leading them, of like being the sort. He is the prime example of working your way through divisions because he was in the third division with Leicester is it League 1 yeah League 1 yep. yeah he was with Leighton Orient in League 2 Leighton Orient as well Millwall yep so he's worked his way up and proved that you can once given the opportunity you know succeed that should be the inspiration to the rest of them so that's what they, you know, the FA needs to focus on going forward is to make sure that these cliques and almost give more incentive uh, for international honour I think a lot of credit goes to Gareth Southgate and the involvement he had. Yep. Yeah, because he was the under-21s. Yep, no, and, 100%. And the, after those last, last two tournaments with the under-21s and 17s, it makes a lot more sense the to more, his appointment. I was going to say, the more I hear from Gareth Southgate and like his rhymes and reasons for who he picks and why, the more I seem to sort of respect him. Because at the moment, like going to next year's World Cup, I'm pretty sure he says that no one's safe. Like No one has a guaranteed spot yet because anything can happen between this point and May. Let there be no better proof that than Joe Hart. Who's Joe Hart play for? Oh, West Ham. Who manages West Ham? David Noyce. That's what we're moving on to next. <laughs> Smooth. <laughs> basically, I, I think it's basically the question is what has gone wrong with David Noyce? Just what it's, happened? I mean, none of us are trained psychiatrists here. No. We should make that out Let, right let's, the end. let's come back to the point I mentioned before. It's three previous jobs. Yeah. I can't speak for Saucy Dad because I don't follow Spanish football that closely. Correctly. But... United and Sunderland, Poison Chalice. Both jobs were. It's, it's thing, you can't blame him for taking a Man United job. No, but. And if he'd have been given the time, that's the whole thing. But it was by no means a guaranteed success. It wasn't a, wasn't a guaranteed success, but if you look at where Louis van Gaal got, Louis van Gaal got time. And David hundreds Moyes of millions more yeah. to spend. Yeah. And as, as I maintain, basically, that just like the left half of his brain or whatever just has never recovered hundreds of millions just exploded can we just take a moment to remember that Louis van Gaal had hundreds of millions of pounds to spend and the best thing that he produced was a kid from the academy yeah who was already well and who way into and who he lucked onto yeah through injury wasn't it yeah if was it lost not Maurice that brought through yeah, no. no no talking about Rashford talking about Rashford, oh, Rashford. yeah, yeah. Oh. that's good Oh, yeah, I was just saying, under Van Gaal, he sort of disappeared again, didn't he? He did. Yeah. Yeah, but anyway, Van Gaal. Well, he went on yeah, yeah, things, didn't yeah. he? David Moyes basically hasn't recovered from losing what I assume would be the dream job. But I assume he has. Dream, I assume. I assume he's gonna. He wants to manage Scotland. I assume he'd see that as his hardest song. Yeah, I see. But after that, the second biggest is Manchester United. Maybe at the time, it just hasn't at the, time the yeah. biggest club in the country. Yeah, yeah. it just hasn't recovered yeah. properly. Not as big, but I'm sure he'd like to manage Celtic one day as well. Yeah. He's a Celtic fan. Yeah. So he'd like to manage the biggest club, his country, and his favourite club. Yeah. He's had the opportunity at one, and I don't want to say he's floundered it. Because he always he's got to do a lot to prove if he wants to get back. Yeah. If he wants to do the other two, he's got to prove a lot. Well, maybe that's what. Unfortunately, the only way to prove that is to take on more work and West Ham jobs. He has to. Yeah. You've got. You've got to come back. You're not going to be given another job. He's locked out with the West Ham job. I don't know how he's. Is he going to? Do you you reckon he'll get a free? I wouldn't say a free pass, 
but so much of the anger has gone towards the board yeah. from the West Ham fans and they still haven't quite got over moving to the Olympic Stadium because they're idiots <laughs> do you reckon he f- f- not from but from the outsiders would get a free pass I think it's a case of if similar to if, similar to Chris Coleman at Sunderland everyone knows what a disaster that is yeah. similar to West Ham not on the same level but everyone knows what a disaster West Ham is at the moment yeah do you reckon he'll get a free pass the thing about West Ham is hypothetically if they were to go down there wouldn't be as much blame at David Moyes' door because from the off he wasn't the welcome candidate to come in yeah and to take over the role so I don't want to say he's on the back foot but I think West Ham fans recognise that he's not the man we wanted, but we have to back him regardless. Yeah. And we will. So, from there, you go, right, if you look beyond Moyes, where are the other problems? Okay, let's look at the signings that we've made over the summer that haven't worked out. Arnautovic, Chicharito, we've had Andy Carroll coming out of the team through injury and suspension, and a poor start under Slavic Village. Uh, The board, you know, making decisions to... um, get over to the Olympic Stadium things like that there's a, just a lot of general unrest there. Yeah. I know it's bollocks but it is what it is I know there was a lot of talk um, when they moved from Upton Park to the Olympic Stadium Karen Brady organised meetings with some of the local businesses at Upton Park because obviously on a match day business is going to drum up a local yeah, local, local yeah. pubs so local yeah. pubs local restaurants local takeaways whatever else and they spoke to them and said when when you when we move to the Olympic Stadium, we're going to take all the businesses of the local vicinity with us, you know, to make it like that day out experience. Same for you. Apparently, after that, uh, never heard from them again. West Ham then brought in their own official um, partners and had shops around there, and then put in a banning order for like none of these businesses can operate within like two mile radius of the stadium. So the fans aren't happy with like decisions like that because stories like that have seeped out. So again there's like an angst and like a sort of you know a divide from fans and the board so for David Moyes to walk into that situation he's probably looked at it and gone there's nothing to lose here yeah that's why I said free hit yeah so and there's enough potential in that West Ham squad to be okay like, yeah as I said on paper you look at the clubs that are down the bottom say the bottom from 12th down yeah I, you, on paper have probably got the best from 12th down yeah I, yeah from what they spent and well maybe not the goalkeeper but yeah <laughs> but less said about that the better um, I don't know what do you think first of all sort of take it away from Joe Hart that on his day when performing he's a good keeper how often is that he hasn't had a day the, yeah, the problem is, it, the problem is he hasn't been playing well for three two three four years I was going to say not even was it Sampdoria was that Torino Torino, Torino. Yeah, yeah, I didn't get, I didn't get, I didn't hear great reviews coming from there either. I still think Pep was right to get rid of him. I think Pep recognised Chesney has got to move to Juventus from playing Italy, so says enough about Joe Hart's recent form. That's it, you know. So, but but the problem again, that wasn't a moist signing, so you can't pin that. Yeah, against him. As much as you can say it's it's sort of a free reign to have a go and, and, and sort of get away with it. If he's in charge for the rest of the season, which I think is, is his contract, yeah, yeah. and just to next summer, and they get relegated, does he become a scapegoat? And is it Moyes' fault for not turning around when when the manager was sort of made out to be the problem? It's a collective fault. He will take some responsibility because it's currently end of November and he has five six months. But when you get sacked and a, and a from 
four jobs in a row. Well, look at the jobs he's been sacked from. Manchester United sacked far too prematurely. Yeah. So once he got sacked, he probably couldn't. He probably went to Spain because he couldn't face the embarrassment of being sacked from the biggest club in the world by the British press, which is why he went to Spain to almost sort of take like a British sabbatical. Probably thought, go out to Spain, decent, decent weather, sort of like change Suarez. of scenery. Suarez decided. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah, because the British press gone, but Suarez is back. And the right, British press is very different. They're vultures. Yeah. I can't. I cannot stand. If there's one thing I can't stand in this country, though, it's sports journalists. They really piss me off every time. Can't even sit across the bench from one. Anyway, going on from there. So. Don't you too much. So going on from there. So it doesn't work out, Saucy and Dad, because didn't learn the culture, didn't learn the language, just didn't seem to settle there. I think he realised that going in. Comes back over here, he's looking at what's the available jobs he has going forward. I think Newcastle was in the same summer. It was mentioned, but he was never going No, not the same summer, but it was around, yeah, around that time. Ends up at Sunderland, only by the virtue of, of Sam Allardyce being called up for England. Saying so a quick, quote-unquote, like-for-like replacement. Yeah. To, to walk into that job this this Sunderland team has just scrapped survival which it shouldn't have didn't fucking deserve it absolute shambolic and that proved dividends the next season because you had a club that was in turmoil and has been in turmoil for years upon years you just you're coming off the back of um, one of their players being sent to prison only a few months prior yeah we won't go too much further into that I don't think we need I don't think we need to we've covered that quite well you have a load of players on big money contracts that are either over the hill and hit that peak uh, that refuse to leave because of the wages that they're on. David Moyes had no money to spend going in as well because the club was in crippling debt. Uh, but then even off the back of that, and I think this comes back to your point earlier of him not recovering from losing the Manchester United gig. Like in August after losing to Middlesbrough, always already talking about being in a relegation battle. Yeah. I think that's a mindset. I think like something's happened to him psychologically that's damaged him and even now uh, at West Ham he's come along and in the press conference said if it works out at West Ham this w- and we stay up great okay first of all he's talking about relegation in November already when I realised they're flirting with it but there's a lot of teams there's, there's probably a good 12 or 13 teams right now that could go down West Ham's mid-table team with the exactly yeah but he's already dropping the R words and then he said and if it doesn't work out, well, I've seen London for a few months. So it's almost like he's already anticipating the worst case scenario, which as a fan, or even as a player in that dressing room, that's not what you want to hear from you someone that's representing you your club. In that sort of position, the last thing you want is someone to come and go, watch out, why not? Yeah, uh, either way, I'm getting I'll paid. I'll enjoy it. That's it, you don't want that, that doesn't inspire you. But I think that comes back to his experience at Manchester United and the quote-unquote what he perceives as failure there. There's, there's a lot to be said about the, the sort of the mental edge in competitive sport and That's the, the psychology thing, I mean, of it. How long was he ever? Decade? More than that. 2002, 2013. Yeah, nine years I think it was. No, 2002 to 2013. To, you know, to, to, to commit to a job yeah. where he got a lot of praise for what he did with the budget. You know, he was sort of underlooked a little. Um, but, he but did everything at that club. He went ever from 17th to was it fourth? Yep. They, Reached they were, an they FA were, Cup final. They were in the Champions League. Completed Europa League. Um, you know, sort of the 
had all sorts of weird, weird and wonderful Barry. world class, but he brought Wayne Rooney well, through. Gareth Barry, I know he's, he's there yeah. now, isn't he? But, yeah, um, but he had Gareth. Yeah. I'm thinking Villa, but but the, the, the team he had at the time was was definitely punching. Shame, yeah, Seamus Coleman and Lane. He got Mikel Arteta. He got Marwan Fellaini. He had uh, Andrew Johnson Tim, playing. Tim well. Cahill. Tim Howard. Tim Howard as well. He revived his career. Oh yeah, Benny Yakubu. Have a good shout. But but he come he's come off a job but where I was gonna say but Barry even before that he worked he he succeeded he got um, promotion with Preston North End didn't he yeah he got them out of League One or what was Division Two yeah into Division One or Championship whatever yeah so he he knows success but he's gone from a well respected Premier League manager who was loved by the fans yep. Credited for doing a great job of what limited resources he had to take a chance. Though. Took a leap of faith, yeah, and basically got punched in the face. He has, yeah, he's been kicked to the curb. He looks. He's, he's gone from within eight months, well respected, doing a great job to you're a joke. How much of that is down to the media, though, and how much of that is down but to him? A lot of people have let him down. It's going to be he made, no. He made himself vulnerable to that position. I understand that, but absolutely, but. The three of us sitting here at this table understand why he did it. Yeah, no. And, you, you know, if the, if the same scenario was to play out again, he was at Everton and he was to be offered a Manchester United job again, you're damn right he's taking it. He's taking it every time because it's that natural progression. Natural progression and that natural drive for success. You always want to move and, on and, to bigger and, and better. And having things. spent nine years in this team, this, this has appeared when the top four again is. is Dominant. Built in. Yeah. It's either to break into you can that. hang about fifth and sixth for another couple of years or the rest of your career, or you can jump into the top four and have a go. Yeah. And, and, and he did, and he had a go. Well, he had a go. He didn't get a fair go. But but that's sort of part of the mentality from going from top manager in the Premier League to nothing. Uh, not getting, not getting a job. What, for all the flack that he got as Manchester United manager, one thing he did do that's had a lasting impact there won't matter. Yeah, brilliant. He's key player at Manchester United now. Brought him in. Yeah, and one matter had enough faith in da- David Moyes to say, "I will play for you and I'll work hard for you." So that's the sort of players that David Moyes is, you know, dealt with. It's you want to feel sorry for him in a way. Yeah, and if you go back and because it's almost like he's been and he, he didn't get under Herrera because he got injured at the last minute, basically failed his medical. Yeah, so that pushed the transfer to the twelve summer. months. Yeah, yeah, which is. You want to feel sorry for him in a way because you know you expect you know taking chances like that to be rewarded, and it's almost like he you know if he was an ambitious man that like West less I think we can all say here that West Ham United big football club, top big. ten yeah yeah exactly yeah it deserves to be in the top division you could argue in the top ten if you did see them competing in Europe you wouldn't be surprised yeah. You know, like Europa League, you, you could understand that. If he was an ambitious man and he wanted to take on a project, he would have demanded at least a three-year deal to build something, yeah. to build a legacy, to restart his career. Yeah. But it's almost like he, he's lost that. Yeah. He's lost that competi- competitive edge. But you could also it. argue that, that West Ham, from where they sit and his track record, We'll give you to the end of the season. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, they, and they may renegotiate. And we'll go. Look, if you if you keep us up, we'll talk. But if not, no, no dramas. Five years ago, though, West Ham would not have been able to do that if they approached David Moyes. No, but it was a different no. situation. That, yeah, that's it. That's. Moyes was either going up or not moving. That's at, it at that point. 
Whereas at the moment, beggars can't be choosers. Yeah. If he wants to get back to where he was or get bigger jobs, Celtic Scotland, to. he's got to take he's got a to start, Yeah, he's got to start, but got to start low. There you go. Right. And I think that just about wraps it up. That's about it. This has been the live Tobias podcast. You know oh, we didn't talk about the takeover. Go on, Marcus. No, we're getting taken over. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when it happens, we'll talk. Okay, fine. Because you never know. It may not. Yeah, yeah you never know. Anyway, <laughs> this has been the live Tobias podcast. You know what to do. At MattRee63, at podcast underscore BS. Marcus is. On Twitter. Don't worry about it. As is he. And until next time, we say goodbye. Bye, Zep.